Let's turn your Bibles tonight to the book of John. We'll be in John chapter number 14 to begin with. And we're going to use our Bibles a lot tonight. John chapter number 14. And uh, we'll read a, f- a couple of verses there. Uh, then we'll turn over to John chapter number 1. And uh, that's where we'll get started from. And then we will uh, turn several places in our Bible tonight. And while you're turning there to John 14, I want to remind you of all that we have going on. Uh, it's exciting, exciting times, and uh, let's make sure that you plan on being at every service of the conference that you can be here, and look forward to all these exciting Sundays right in front of us. we be praying for them. Uh, tonight, I'm going to, I'll give you the title of the Bible study, then I'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, read the text uh, after uh, the prayer, but tonight I'm, go- I'm going to teach on the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's no way we could talk about the Holy Spirit in one night uh, but I've, I've, I've summarized this in the title, The Work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I have uh, an illustration as far as introduction goes. And then I've got uh, six different points I want to get to. Uh, but I am prepared to, to split this off into two weeks. So be encouraged if after 30 minutes I'm in point number one. In the back of my mind, I have next Wednesday as well. And so uh, let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We thank you for uh, your love and your care for us. Uh, We thank you for uh, the fact that as a Christian, we know that uh, we have uh, his work in our life. Father, I pray that we'll yield to him and we'll allow him to use us in a greater way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter number 14. uh, Usually when we hear John 14, we think of John 14. uh, We think of the first part of John chapter number 14. uh, Let not your heart be troubled. And the Lord tells uh, his disciples uh, not to be troubled, not to worry. He's going to go away. But the reason he's going away is to prepare a place. And aren't you glad that our Savior is preparing a place for us? Uh, You think about that. Uh, He he is supervising it. He is overseeing it. Uh, That celestial city that we'll live in one day. We're reminded uh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm afraid sometimes... Uh, when you're in church for any length of time, John 14, verses 1 through 6, is so comforting, is so powerful, is so necessary in the life of a Christian. Uh, It's packed full of truths that sometimes we don't see what's in the rest of the chapter. This chapter is a a magnificent, as they all are, uh, but such an important chapter for us. I want to look to the latter part, two verses about in the middle of the chapter, verse 16 and 17, Of John 14. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus had been their comforter. He's leaving, but he's assuring them that I'm not leaving you alone. The Father's going to send another, another comforter. Verse 17 Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Notice that. He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Aren't you glad for God the Father? Uh, Aren't you glad that we have a sovereign God? We have a mighty God. Uh, For God in his might, in his power, in his magnificence, for God so loved. You and I are loved by the omnipotent. You and I are loved by Jehovah God. 
Aren't you thankful for the Savior? Now, He was willing to come and pay your sin debt, pay my sin debt. Having never committed a sin, sometimes I think our, our finite minds, our, our flesh, it clouds the significance of that because we've never known a day we are sinners. But you have never committed a sin and took upon himself all sin. Uh, aren't you thankful for a risen Savior? Uh, there's a lot of reasons. I don't have a, a, a crucifix. I'm not preaching against crucifixes tonight, but my Jesus is sitting on a, sitting on a cross. Uh, it'd be kind of hard to, to, to wear an empty tomb around your neck, you know. Uh, but uh, my, I, have a, I, have a, I have a risen Savior. Aren't you glad he's alive? Aren't you glad he's, the high, he's, he's our high priest? You know, I spent a lot of time in, in, in prayer this morning, and when I prayed, I prayed through the blood of Jesus. And the Son is talking to the Father about what I'm talking about. That's some powerful stuff right there. Uh, aren't you thankful for the Spirit of God? Often we don't talk about the Spirit of God enough, do we? Uh, do you know He's just as much God as Jehovah God, God the Father? He's just as much God as the Holy Spirit. Jesus comforts His disciples in this passage and says, I'm leaving, but there's going to be another comforter. It's the Spirit of truth. For he dwelleth with you and in you. I'm going to illustrate this in just a moment. But as a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And he's with me. We are never out of the presence of God. What a thought. Turn over to John chapter number 1. <clears throat> and we're going to read verse 32 down through verse 34. John 1. We've seen that the Holy Spirit dwells with us and in us. Now we look in verse 32 of John 1, and John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Talking about Jesus. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Several places in the book of John, and in John's life is, and then I think it's chapter number 16 tonight. We'll not take time to turn there. But there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit descending and working on the life of an individual. Okay, so in John 14... Jesus tells his disciples that there is a the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, dwells with us, dwells in us, and we and we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. We went spent a whole year going through the Book of Acts, and through the work of the Spirit, uh, those men turned the world upside down because of the Spirit of God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Uh, it is a it is a gradual. It is a sudden but a gradual work. And I'll illustrate this in just a moment. It is a gradual but it's a continual work. It's a work of yielding to Him. And I'm going to illustrate this by way of introduction, and then uh, we'll jump into the truths here. Uh, but I want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit and kind of illustrate uh, these three things and, and how He works in our life. Um, how many of you are saved tonight? 
You're on your way to heaven. You could not be saved without the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the, is the whole work of the Holy Spirit that brought conviction. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, as we're going to see in just a moment. And you three guys, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you all help me tonight, but I'll get you one at a time. Uh, we're going to start with the first way, the, the uh, illustration of how the Spirit works with us. Brother Ryan, I'll have you stand right over here. And if you can hold that for me. Uh, the Holy Spirit quickens us. Uh, if you have your Bible, and I know you do, turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 8. And then you'll see the next place we're going to turn. Uh, Romans chapter number 8 in verse 11 is what we'll look at. But I'll begin reading in verse number 9. As we think of the word quicken, to be made alive. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. I'm reading verse 9 of, of Romans 8. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. We are dead in sin, dead in trespasses. It's the Spirit of God that quickens us, makes us alive. Our new life in Christ. Eternal life as opposed to eternal death. We have a new life in Christ. I'm going to read in, in John chapter number 3. Uh, if you want to turn there, you can, but it also bears this out. But as soon as I get there, I'm going to begin reading. We have Jesus. Uh, Nicodemus has approached our Lord. Everybody with me tonight? He's approached our Lord, and he asked him um, in verse number 3, or he asked about being born again, about the miracles, about um, um, Jesus explaining how all this is taking place. And in verse 3, uh, it's a very familiar verse to us. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's skip down to verse number 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit. Born again. You're, bo you're born of water, born the natural birth. You're born of uh, man and born of the Spirit. You're born again. How is that? By the Spirit of God. Uh, he, cannot, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Uh, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. So in order for us to be born again, the Holy Spirit has got to quicken us. The Holy Spirit has got to give us life. That's why it was so important what I taught for over a year on the emerging church and the seducing spirits and, and, and everything from the right kind of music to the, definitely the right kind of theology and doctrine because if the Spirit of God is not there, it is the Spirit of God that brings about conversion. It is the Spirit of God that brings about the conviction which leads to it. So, oh, well, the gospel is in there, but the, in, in, not to get on a sidetrack, but this, the Bible also teaches that the, the, the Word of God can be choked. The Spirit of God is not going to hang around uh, where He's not welcome. But it's the Spirit of God that is necessary uh, for the quickening. That's why we, we need to stay focused on the fact that people are lost. It's a serious matter. If they die in their sins, they're going to spend an eternity in hell. Uh, that's how we all were before the Spirit of God gave, quickened us. 
It is by the Spirit of God that that new life comes about. So this is, if you're saved tonight, this is the beginning of the Spirit of God's work in your life, the moment of salvation. He seals us until the day of redemption. This is the work of the Spirit of God. Now, as we are now saved, now we are made alive by the Spirit of God. Uh, we know that He is going to, and Brother Brian, I'll have you stand right in front of your seat there. He's going to do a work in us. If you're saved tonight and you raised your hand just a moment ago, testifying that you've been quickened by the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God wants to do and will do and is doing a work in you. Uh, Romans 12.2, which we spent some time in the book of Romans, and you may know this by heart, but I'll read it to you. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. There's a transformation that takes place, and it comes from the inside out. The Spirit of God does a work in you. That's why, and, it's, and we'll get to it more in one of the points, that's why when... Um, uh, that's why, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but it does the work in us. Oh, that's why it's important that a new Christian, they're in church, but they hear the Word of God preached. Uh, they get them a Bible, they read in the Bible, because it's the Word of God uh, that's going to work in them through the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God, that's why the superficial stuff is just that, it's superficial. Something might make you feel good on the outside, spiritually speaking, but what is it doing on the inside? Uh, that, 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 that is what is important. That's why there are, as a Christian, that's why this Bible teaches us there are, there are, there are things we shouldn't be a part of, there are places we shouldn't go, there are things that we got to keep out of our life because we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We don't want to quench the Spirit of God in our own life. So we want to continue to give Him more of us and more of us and more of us, and we say it like this. Boy, that, that person has really grown in grace. They've really grown as a Christian. What's another way of saying that? The Holy Spirit has worked in them. The Spirit of God has done a work on the inside. If you're saved, you've been quickened by the Spirit of God. Everybody with me? If you're saved, the Spirit of God is in you, and He is working in you, and wants to do a work in you. That's why when the word of God is preached, the word of God that is preached bears with the spirit of God that the preacher preaches through from the word of God bears witness with the spirit of God in you. That's why when there's a song that has the right message and it's, and it's glorifying God, not the flesh, that's what you feel on the inside. It's the Spirit of God bearing witness with Himself. It's doing a work in you. It's not your conscience that speaks to you when you're about to make a poor decision. It's the Spirit of God that speaks to you. Why? Because He's working in you. There are some that I could give testimony that you have victory over things you never thought you'd have victory over and it's because of the work the Spirit of God has done in you. Uh, some of you could give testimony tonight that you're serving in ways that you never thought you'd serve, but what has happened? It's the Spirit of God has worked in you. 
this, this is not new to us, but everybody, everybody, we talk about the Spirit of God. Everybody with me so far? The third thing that He works with us is to fill us. And in Ephesians chapter number 5, another familiar verse, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if you're saved tonight, let me see your hand again. Saved on your way to heaven, all right? Looks like everybody. You've all been here. You've been quickened. It's by the Spirit of God. You've been, you're, you've been made alive. All right? Everybody's here. All right? The Spirit of God begins to work in you. Pastor, I, I don't know what happened. I got saved and, and, I, and I went to work and things I used to talk about, I didn't want to talk about anymore. Things I used to, what is that? It's the Spirit of God. We didn't slide Baptist rules in your pocket when you're walking out the door. It's the Spirit of God working in you. Now, if from here, He begins to work in your life. Now, when you're here, He's working in you. He's making changes from the inside out. He's speaking to you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. As long as you don't quench him, he'll work in you. As long as you don't grieve him, he'll continue to work in you. Let me, let me, let me ask a very pointed question, and, and, and we'll, we'll move through this. If you were, as a child of God, living in disobedience of what you know for a fact that book teaches... Are you yielded to the Spirit or not? Absolutely not. You can quench the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God wants to work. Why don't we have revival in our nation? Because we're disobedient as a nation. Because we have limited the work that the Spirit will do. We all start here as a Christian. He quickens us. He begins to work in us. And aren't you thankful that He'll work in us? And on us, that little kid song, he's still working on me to make me, you want me to keep going, what I ought to be. It took him to, anyway, uh, uh, he, he's working on the inside. Now, before we move on, don't quench him. Don't grieve him. Let him work in your life. Let him transform you. You start here. We continue here, but the Spirit of God has quickened us. He's working in us. He wants to fill us. Now, if we were to take every person in our nation, let's just limit to our nation, who is, who is truly born again. All they, they put their faith and trust in Christ. This is a lot bigger group here because they're saved. They're on their way to heaven. And in spite of what a critic will say, somebody can trust Christ as their Savior and never darken the door of a church. The Spirit of God quickens. 
Now, I don't know why a Christian who is saved wouldn't want to go to church. But this is a large group here. It's not as big here. But he's working in everybody, but we don't want to, we don't, we, he'll work in every Christian. And now we go here and we have a decision as I grow as a Christian, do I allow him to keep working in my life or do I quench him or do I yield him? And sometimes somebody who gets saved, they're never put in a position to grow. That's why when you lead a person to Christ, you do your best to get them in the church house. Because a lot of times we say, well, what's their problem? They don't know how to grow. They, they, they need the word of God to grow. Well, I don't want to pull them out of their church. If you let them to Christ, you need to pull them out of their church. Because they need to grow. And as they grow, he's working in their life and they begin to change. That's when the people around say, something's different about you. What's happened to you? That would be the largest group. This group would be a bit larger. This group's a lot smaller. Because to fill us, we have to empty us. And let's just be honest tonight. So many Christians don't want to pay the price to be filled with the Spirit of God. Do you realize that you can pray a prayer and be sincere and say, God, empty me. I want to empty myself so I can be filled with you. And you're not capable of emptying yourself. Now, if you pray that and God will do it, he'll put you through things to force you to empty yourself. Hey, I want to be saved. Aren't you glad your spirit's still alive? Aren't you glad your spirit's alive by the Spirit of God? We've been quickened. I'm thankful for the work that God has done in my life. I'm thankful for the work that God has done in each and every one of us by the Spirit of God. But this is the progression He wants to take us to the point where He fills us. The Apostle Paul is a good example. He was that that Christian killer, that church persecutor. And on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus. And in that moment when he trusted Christ, the Spirit of God quickened him. He was a religious man, dead in his sins, on his way to hell. He met the Lord Jesus Christ, believed on him, and in that instant, the Spirit of God made him alive, quickened him, and his eternity was changed from hell to heaven in that moment. Then if you continue to read in the life of Paul, it's, it's something's going on. He, he was blinded, and, and those the Christians, other Christians helped him, and then the word began to spread that Saul is now coming with this brother. Oh, no. That's the oldest trick in the book. We're not falling for that. But something's going on inside of now Paul, and he don't know what it is. He's starting to grow, transform. But as you watch his growth, he gets to the point where he's filled with the Spirit of God doing a work of, that can only be of God. So here's a quick picture before we get into the outline tonight of the work of the Spirit of God. Quickens us at salvation. Wants to tra- works in us, wants to transform us. Change us from the inside out. 
the more we allow him to do that, it puts us in a situation where he can fill us. What does the Spirit of God want? Am I pleasing God? Does my reaction satisfy my flesh or does it satisfy, satisfy my God? Thank you, gentlemen. You can be seated. Let me jump into, uh, just hang on to those, jump into the outline tonight. We've only got uh, seven, eight, or nine to go. We'll get there. Now, we won't finish it all tonight. I want us to see number one, and I'll read from John 16, that one filled with the Spirit is an effective witness. We're going to see a test with this outline of where, how far the Spirit has gotten our life. Everybody with me? I know you're turning. I don't want you to miss that. We've seen the work that He wants to do very simply illustrated. But I'm going to give us some truths and some scripture with these truths so we can see how much of a work have we allowed Him to do. Are we filled with the Spirit of God? As a preacher, as a pastor, I feel the pressure, the necessity to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's not just for preachers. That's for Christians. To be filled with the Spirit. But one filled with the Spirit is an effective witness. John chapter number 16 and verse 7 through 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, not if I... Go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Okay? John 14, he says, the Comforter is coming, and there's so many, there's several things in there. He tells those disciples that the Comforter is going to do for them. In John chapter 16, he's reminding them, I've got to go away or the Holy Spirit will not come. He's pointing out another role the Holy Spirit is going to play. John 14, he's coming as your comforter. He's coming and he'll never leave you. He's coming and he's going to be by your side. Now in John 16, he says, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart... I will send him unto you. And when he comes, what is he going to do? Verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. See, Pastor, how does that tie in when one filled with the Spirit is an effective witness? If the Spirit of God is in a person's life like it should be and they're filled with the Spirit, it's conviction. That's why when someone comes to church and for the first time, and, and if it's an old-fashioned Bible preaching, spirit-filled church, it's like the Emmanuel Baptist Church, and, and it just it rubs them the wrong way because of the preaching and, and the truth of the fact that you have to have Christ as your Savior. Well, that's what the Spirit of God is supposed to do. Yes, He comforts the child of God. Yes, He leads us. But if one filled with the Spirit of God, when you walk into the presence or you're in the presence with the Word of God, the one filled with the Spirit is going to be a much more effective witness than the one that's not. Let me put it like this. Help, help. This will help your soul with it. The reason you may not 
it may have been a while since you won a soul to Christ. It's not the gospel. But you can't live like the world all week long and show up on Saturday morning. Now, the word of God is the, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It does its work. But how much more of an effective witness could we be if we were filled with the Spirit of God? The Apostle Paul would walk into a crowd, and they ought to, those who, who had rejected Christ, he didn't even have to introduce himself. They didn't like him. Because of the presence of the Spirit of God. If, if you've been in the presence of men who have the touch of God on them, I'm not talking about in a casual way. You feel it. I'm not talking touchy-feely. You feel it. And how much you say, well, my, 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 my family members are uncomfortable. My People at work are uncomfortable right now. Well, are you preaching at them? No, I'm not even preaching at them. Well, if the Spirit of God has quickened you, He begins to work in you, and you allow Him to fill you. He came to reprove. You can say, hey, how are you doing? My name, and all, the, all that's happening is the Spirit of God is reaching out and grabbing them. Spirit of God convicts. He's not, he's not flying around as some would portray it. He lives in us. And that's why it is important, our testimony. It is important how we live. It is important that we live clean so we, we can be an effective witness. One filled with the Spirit is an effective witness. Uh, he, he, and when He has come, He will prove the world of sin. I, I, I do my best as a preacher. I don't want to offend anyone. Well, I'm offended. Well, okay. Well, you, I just don't think you should get up there and tell anybody that they're going to go to hell if they don't get saved. I did, well, that's where you and I will differ. But if there's a lost man, I make no apology for this. If there's a, I want us to be friendly to anybody who comes, and we are. Almost said, I want you to give up your seat for a visitor, and we do, but I don't know if I could say, make that statement. But I want us to, but if they're lost and they're unsaved, I don't want them to be comfortable during the preaching. I could see it Sunday morning with all the visitors that we had. They were uncomfortable, squirming, sitting up, sitting down, leaning forward, leaning back. Crying, mad. And what was happening? The Spirit of God was working. They didn't walk an aisle and get saved because they were comfortable. Don't miss this church. They walked the aisle and trusted Christ as their Savior because they were uncomfortable. Because they weren't told, you're fine, you're good enough. Wouldn't it be something in our everyday life, the Spirit has so much of us, and it does, just our presence. Some of you, sometimes you wonder, you, you see, you say, what church do you go to? Oh, maybe my church, sometimes people give you a parallel that with what we're talking about right now. 
those who have given up the truth, the Spirit of God. Well, this, this, well, I might as well, I'm out of time, and we're going to get to the other five next week. But if you have a family member who's away from God, they're uncomfortable. They should be. If the Spirit of God's got His proper place in your life, you don't have to be rude. Just be filled with the Spirit and be in their presence. He'll convict them. And I think, I'll, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll close on this point, but this will help some of you. Well, they, 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 they get mad at me and they hate me and they, they just don't, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what they say to you. You're judging me, you're doing all this. No, 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 no. It's the Spirit of God that lives in you. And if they're saved, the Spirit of God that lives in them, that they've quenched, that they've grieved, that they're running from. And the moment you say the word, this is how in this society we live in, you need your safe space. You say the word Bible, and they go nuts. Church. What did he just say? I can't believe blankety blank blank blank. He just said Bible and church. What is that? It's the Spirit of God. That's, that, that is having an effect. Don't be surprised by that. Because my Bible tells me, Jesus is telling his disciples, I've got to go, guys. Because I can't send him until I go. He also had to fulfill his purpose of paying our sin debt. But then he said, I've got to go to send the Spirit of God. And we know as he continues at the end of John 14, or in the book of John, into Acts, they, 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 they got, were empowered by the Spirit of God and they went out. They didn't go out to unite. They went out in the power of the Spirit of God to win the world and say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. There is no other way. You can keep the law and you'll die in your sins, dead in your trespasses. Why do you think when they marched into a city, when Paul went from place to place, the moment he entered in, everybody knew about it. It wasn't put on Twitter. There was no Facebook invites sent out. The media didn't cover it. People are going about their, their, their day, and, it was the, and then the Spirit of God made an announcement and said, Listen up. The preacher's in town. What did he say? Think about Stephen, full of the Spirit. He, he and it just what he was saying, he was so full of the Spirit, it worked those religious up so bad, they began to gnash him with their teeth. And if you read the words of Stephen, did I say Philip? Stephen, if you read the words of Stephen, you and I think would agree with that. But it was the Spirit of God that was behind it. That's why those of you that have a call in your life to preach the gospel, you have the Spirit of God. That's, I want you to be eloquent. I want you to have your illustrations. I want you to... To, 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 we know the Spirit of God works in four points, and we know all that. And, and I want you to have all of that. But it's useless without the Spirit of God behind it. 
Useless. You want to win a lost loved one? Oh, the devil has deceived us. We've fallen for it. You're not going to do it by being like them. And that's where we make our mistake. And it's in the emerging churches and these contemporary churches. Well, if they come in and we trick them, we're just like you. No, we're, we're, we're just dudes just like you're a dude. And, man, we just, and, and, you know, we just won't. You're not going to win them. Because I can't win anybody. You can't win anybody. It's the Spirit of God. I'm not always right on this, and I'll close with this. Most of the time, I'm right on this. There there are times when I'm meeting visitors before the service, and when I walk away from them, I'm like, they're getting saved today. It's not optimism. It's the Spirit of God. There are times when I was, I'm preaching, and I can and I don't know the man's heart, and so I don't want you to misconstrue this and take it. And I can see what the Holy Spirit is doing on people, and I can say, they need to get saved. I'm still waiting on some of you to respond to that. It's been 15 years. Let's get it on. No, because you can see the work of the Spirit of God. There have been times when you can just see it on them. And they get up and they leave and it's tragic. And it's like, they needed to get saved. And they rejected it. Well, I'm not, no, it's the Spirit of God. Become more like Him. Let Him have fill you. And you'll be a much more effective witness. We've, I said I was going to end on that last one, but I'm not. Do we pay attention to what's going on in our city, in our nation? I think we used to have more Baptist churches in Jacksonville, but we still have a lot of Baptist churches. Does it feel like it's getting better or worse to you? Mm -hmm. Do you think, and I'm not I have a responsibility to take care of me, not, 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 nobody else. But I'm just, I'm just drawing some conclusions. Do we not have the responsibility to have the Spirit of God as preachers? As soul winners? Boy, let's, let's let the Spirit of God work in our heart. The Spirit of God, where are you at in your stage? You guys stand back up, and we'll, we'll end on this. Are you still over here where he quickens you? Just saved? Not have, maybe you haven't had time to grow? Let the Spirit of God work in you. Begin to make changes in you. Let him work on you to the degree where it's no longer about you, what you want, what you need. I want the Spirit of God to have all of me. We'll continue to bear this out in the rest of, it may stretch into three weeks, we'll see, the rest of the outline. Aren't you thankful for God the Father? Aren't you thankful for the Lord Jesus? Without Him, we don't have salvation. But the Spirit of God 
is just as much God. We rejoice, and that's why, that's why this whole creation, I almost said debate, evolution debate is so, so wicked because God the Father is the only one that gives life. That's why abortion, the whole argument isn't, isn't an argument because God's the giver and the taker of life. Without him, we wouldn't have life. wouldn't exist. Without Jesus, we wouldn't have salvation. But the work that we're supposed to do for God, how can we do it without the Spirit of God? Let's remember these things and they'll help us. Father, we thank you for...